As a thought for today, I offer transformed and transforming the church that we could be. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and all wise God, holy God, we just give you glory and honor. God, we say that we love you with all that we have and with all that we are and all that we hope to be. Oh, God, we have gathered this day not to, not to give ourselves honor, but to give you glory. We have gathered today not to praise ourselves, but to praise a God who has never left us. A God that was way back when with, the, with those who started this church. And a God who's been with us all through and all through the years. For your goodness and your mercy, we give you thanks. For your son, Jesus, we give you thanks. For the Holy Spirit, we give you thanks. So God, in our thankful hearts, we are desiring to worship you, O oh God. And we need your help to do it. We ask that you send your spirit. Help me to preach and help your people to hear, Lord God. And help us all to go out into the world to give your glory. To live the word. To share the word. To be the word. So that others might know your goodness and your mercy. And in all these ways, we will give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, friends, this is the last message in our anniversary worship series that we entitled The Church That We Could Be. We began this journey with the invitation to dream a God-sized dream for the future of this church, and not just any dream, but a dream rooted in our devotion and in our commitment to Christ. A dream of mission and ministries that make a real difference in the lives of others. A dream of worship and witness that reflects the depth of our love for God and for one another. So today, as we celebrate 154 years, y'all, Gee. As a community of faith and all the work that has been done for the kingdom in the past, we look forward to what God is calling us to be and do today. Amen? Because I keep reminding us about looking back. Like talking about yesterday. Y'all going to make me sing that song. Y'all know I'll sing in a minute. Y'all know the song, right? Now, the choir back there egging me on. I just need you to know. Y'all can't hear them, but they, <laughs> they're like, no, we don't. <laughs> Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Yeah, it just appears that were real. You had a lot of troubles yesterday, too. Amen? Not what God has done. We want to celebrate that and honor that. But we look forward to what God is calling us to be and do for this present age for such a time as this, as now. And as we consider God's call to us today and, and all that could be done for the kingdom, I just want to ask a question or two. What kind of church could we, could we be if we laid all of ourselves all of who we are, all of what we have, all that we hope to be on the 
altar. What kind of church could we be if we held nothing back from God, if we said to the Lord, Lord, take all of me, have thine own way, Lord. What kind of church could we be if we gave ourselves wholly and completely over to the transforming grace of God in our lives? What kind of church could we be if we availed ourselves more and more every day to be formed by the Spirit, by engaging in spiritual practices intended to grow us, intending to challenge us, amen? to make us uncomfortable, to remake us and mold us more and more into the image, into the very likeness of Christ. Imagine with me what kind of church we could be if we said no to the culture, if we resisted conforming to the materialism, the mean-spiritedness, the divisiveness, and the selfishness of our world today. What if, what if, what if we were the kind of church that endeavored in all things, all things, at all times, in all situations, amen? The, the way we walk, the, the way we talk, the, the way we thought, and the way we treated others. Imagine if we endeavored to do, to please God in all things, and in all things to do God's will. Just that much. We want to please God just that much. We would be a church of the transformed and the transforming. Moving from one level of glory to the next. Because we cannot transform the world without continually being transformed ourselves. We can't go anywhere and tell a sister and brother on the corner to be holy when we are still hellish. We can't lead others on the way, tell them the way that they should go when we are not on that way ourselves. We can't tell somebody else to do the right thing when we want to do our own thing. We can't tell somebody that, baby, you need to do better when we think that we are better. Lest we forget the church is not the building. We don't worship the building. The building is consecrated to a purpose. The church is not the building. Jesus, pardon my English, Jesus ain't had no building but saved many. The church, the Greek word is ecclesia, is the call. The consecrated, the set apart, the summoned people of God. That's the church. Those of us who have been called out of darkness and into the marvelous light of Christ. We are the church, those who are in the world, but not of it. The church is an intentional community that is centered on and in Christ. The church is the people who have confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior and live like it. Amen. It's one thing to say, Jesus, Lord of my life. You know how people, you wait, wait, okay. 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 You know when you go to, I used to go to a lot of revivals. I still do. And people stand up and say, 
Greetings, I want to give honor to the Lord and Savior, who's the head of my life and blood into the pastor. They do the whole thing. And I see them over at the, you know. <laughs> or I see them cussing out, telling, um, being mean to the sales clerk because somebody didn't get their order fast enough. And they're over there talking about that, that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of their life. I want to walk up to them and go, no, it's not. Better be careful saying that because there's somebody like me going to be around going, mm-hmm, don't look like it to me. Yep, yep. We mess up our witness. Because you see, there's a connection between our belief and our behavior. You can't go around talking about what you believe and you act in any kind of way. Amen? You cutting me off in the traffic. You flipping me up. I'm telling you, I have seen people with a little fish on their car flip. Yes! I declare Sometimes I want to follow them and say, look at him, boo-boo. You need to take that thing off your car. <laughs> yeah. If we are whose we say that we are, we are not supposed to think, act, talk, or pursue the agendas of the world, which tries to convince us to do what we want and to do what we think and to do it as long as we want it, amen? The world that tries to convince us to look the other way rather than to see and confront injustice, hatred, oppression, immorality, greed, and the violence that surrounds us tells us that all we got to do is walk up in a building, sit down for an hour or so, wave your hand and leave and call that worship. We are to be devoted to Christ and to the process of becoming more and more like him. Corinthians says we are to become new creations in Christ. And y'all, that takes some time. It takes time to be holy and holy gods. That's H-O-L-Y and W-H-O-L-L-Y. It doesn't happen accidentally. We don't just accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Bloop, blap, blam, there we are. We're fully formed as Christians. Amen, amen. We are a saint. Amen. Doesn't happen by happenstance. It doesn't happen as an act of our will or even in our own power. We have to avail ourselves to the process of what John Wesley would call sanctification. Maxie Dunham, and we're reading his work as part of our Bible study points out that the making of a saint is a process of a lifetime. Amen? You just don't jump out like there you are. And sometimes you end up, as some people say, backsliding. The question is whether or not we will submit and stick with the process. Here in our text in Romans, Paul is speaking about our becoming. When I taught at Columbia College, they, um, they asked us when faculty development, and all those of us who work in education and stuff, we, you, we know how we feel about those faculty development workshops, okay. And this one, the guy um, was saying, by having our own mission statement, right? Something that was our basis, that formed our raison d'etre, our reason for teaching. And, you know, I was, so, Mine was, 
to help my students on their way to becoming. This is when Columbia College was still a women's college, and my students, these students came with all different kinds, and it was on my, and I even had it on my syllabus, and I would tell them, when I see you, if I see you later, I just want to know if I helped you in your thinking, your writing, your reasoning on becoming. It's not my task to figure out who you are to become, but to help you on your way to becoming. Paul is speaking about our becoming. He admonishes the church, the body of Christ, to first remember God's mercy, to remember that we are indebted to God's mercy in Christ Jesus. Some of us walk around here like we saved ourselves. We got to remember. We got to remember. And truly be grateful for what God has done and continues to do for us in Christ Jesus. We got to remember that Jesus gave himself up for us on our behalf so that we might have a right to life, that we might be called children of God. Jesus did all of that for us when we couldn't do anything for ourselves, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't ask us to do anything that we get better than we deserve because what we deserve is death. What we deserve is judgment. But thanks be to God. Every day we ought to wake up and say, God, I remember your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. And so if you live every time somebody bothers you and you say, well, God, I thank you for your mercy. My sister must not be aware of your mercy. So right now I'm going to pray for her. We wouldn't be so mean to one another if we remembered mercy. If we remember that we need mercy, that we're indebted, then we should be able to give somebody else some mercy. Got to remember. Because if we remember, then we would be grateful. If we remember that we couldn't save ourselves, we would have some humility. And then we could respond by offering our whole selves, all of us, our body, our spirits, our minds, and our wills to God, our whole life to God. We got to keep doing it every day because we do live in a world that tries to drag us down, that tries to put more of it in us than us in it than in the world. Every day we got to every day we got to pray. Every day I got to remember. Every day I got to remember, Lord, that's your child too. Help me, Jesus. Yes. Just like you got to remember for me. It is only when we offer our whole selves. You know, some of us uh, toddlers. I love toddlers and preschoolers. I love them because they are so honest. They have no guile. Mm-mm. <laughs> Do you like that? No, that's ugly. No, I mean, they would just tell you. So TC was a little boy, and we got her the little Happy Meal. And be careful asking little children for their stuff. <laughs> and I said, TC, can I have a French fry? That boy pulled out one fry. <laughs> I had the whole thing, and I paid for it. You need to understand. He pulled out one French fry and gave it to me like, and don't ask for no more. <laughs> you just, we, 
going to give what we want to give to God. We'll give this little bit. We give when we want to and how we want to. And then some of us are giving and take it back. Amen. <laughs> we give it to God and we're like, well, God, I don't, God I don't, I'm not ready for that right now, so I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take me back. It's only when we offer, offer, offer our whole selves that the same obedient mind of Christ might be in us. And then, 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 then we will see God's will. Then we will know God's will. And then we can pray like Jesus prayed, thy will be done and mean it. Because we might say that Lord's Prayer, but pfft, have you really looked at that prayer? Lord, all I need is a bread for the day. I ain't worrying about tomorrow. We lying without, uh, yeah. You look at that prayer. That is a bodacious prayer. Thy will be done. If we are to please God, and I want to believe that we want to please God, don't we? If we want to please God and, and if we want to live holy before God, then we must be a living sacrifice. And, and I'm not just talking about individually. I am talking about us as a congregation. Because the church is the people. You heard the scripture? You can't have a chopped off toe and a chopped off finger and that'd be okay. No, if somebody who's part of the body is not serving, if they're not doing, yeah, we got to go check on them. Because they're part of the body. You just don't let the toe run off the baby toe like, look, I'm done with y'all. I'm ready to go. Or the baby toe get the feelings hurt, get stumped on a couple of times. And that the Holy Spirit doesn't say, well, go, go see about it. Well, they were wrong. The Holy Spirit, well, you were wrong one time too, so go ahead. You know what wrong looks like because you've done it. Isn't that funny? We always good about being mad at you're wrong, but we don't like it when anybody mad at us. Grace, mercy. Not only are we to be a living offering every day, every day, a living offering, and maybe your offering is just that 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 coworker who is who is annoying, is that you just you don't follow that. That is a living offering. If every day you go in, I'm gonna pray for her today, Lord God. I'm going to find a way to bless her. I'm going to find a way to just smile and say, and not be nasty, like I really don't mean it. I'm just trying to be bigoted, but just say, I, I pray, I, I'm praying for you. You have a blessed day, my sister. Because that's the ch she's the child of God, too. As a congregation, we're to be a living offering to God. We are to shun the patterns and temptations of this world, and they are many. We are to live differently. We are to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And, and after we get offline, I might tell you my mama's line about your, about your mind. Amen. Um, and Felicia and Shantae met mama. <laughs> And so they're laughing because they know, I, you know, but my, it was good. Once I tell it to you, you'll never forget it, amen? Because your mind can be in places and on things that are so far from God. And where your mind is, your mouth will be. 
where your mind is, your body will be. Where your mind is, it'll get in your heart. So Paul, in this text, is challenging us, admonishing us to sacrifice and to change. Well, Paul must not know us. We don't like either one of those. Right? We, we, we don't like that, right? You know, the saying says that the only people who like change is a wet baby. Amen? <laughs> we always think and want things to be the same. They cannot be the same. They say change is inevitable, and it is. You're changing right this minute. You are an hour older than you were when you walked in here, and you next week you're going to be older. We are changing. The world is always changing. Why do we always want things to stay the same? So we resist it, yes, but intentional change can be hard. It is hard. But there must be change. In each of us, in order for Christ to be present in us, you got to change. You and I have got to change. Don't be mad at me when I call you on it. You and I have to change. You can't glorify God the same way you did last year, this year, 10 years ago. You got to change. Grow. We must make room for Christ more and more every day. There's a lot of junk up in us because the world keeps putting more stuff in. And we got to do it our whole life long. My mama was studying her Sunday school lesson the day she died. She died on a Saturday. Sunday school lesson, sitting right there. That's what she did. Make room for God. 86 years old and I'm still going to read the word. Amen? We act like we retire, we graduate from studying. Isn't that something? No, that's high school, baby. And and, then Miss Julie would tell you, she's part of the lifelong learning community over there at Waffle, still learning. Amen? Lifelong. This is what makes sacrifice necessary. We cannot transform. God cannot do this work in us if we will not sacrifice. We cannot get to where God wants us and calls us to be without it. You see, every aspect of our lives must be sacrificed, given over to God. Is God calling you to be a missionary in Africa? Not necessarily. God is happy for you where you are. But to be his where you are. You see, this is what real worship is. Worship is something we live out of. It's something that we live out, not something we attend or tune in once a week for about an hour or so. That is not worship. Worship must become a lifestyle because it's about pleasing and offering ourselves to God. We have to allow our whole selves to be transformed by God. We can say, now God, now you, I'm willing to change this part right here, but now this over here, I'm just not too sure about it. God will start there, but God's, God, God is pushy. God wants all of you, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your love. God wants to be first. 
We have to be devoted to God as a living sacrifice. And, and if the word sacrifice, you know, the old um, sacrificial system, right? Well, then say a living offering so that we can transform the world or just our little corner of it. And we got to do all this as a community. You know how hard it is to work with God's people? Yes. But see, that's what gives God's glory when we do because it is a sign of whose we are. Friends, we need to place ourselves in the position, in the posture to be transformed, availing ourselves again and again and again for the spirit to do the work in us, to get the world out of us by practicing those spiritual disciplines. We can be, y'all, this kind of church. We can strive to be this kind of church. Yes, we can. We can be a church that doesn't conform to the habits and mindsets of society. We can be a church that is both transformed and transforming. Amen?